Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, brother John. For folks, hey, what are we show. doing here? Yeah, what are we uh, doing here? Yeah. This is this is a thing that people may not know, but this is the okay. Bro Show. Okay. Okay. And there there are four things we talk about. We talk about an animal. And what's the animal this season, John? The six month season? Oh, let me look at my shirt. Ox. It's an ox. That's correct. <laughs> and we we have a word that we discussed that we found fascinating or puzzling. We have two takes on a subject, mm. and this one's amazing. It's called a Band-Aid on Your Sanity. And last but not least, we have two groaners mm. authenticated and validated by St. Vincent Anthony Lauder, Jr., mm. otherwise known as what, John? The coach. He's listening hey, today. Uh, what do you know? I don't think. I'm not going to bow to him if you don't mind. No, you don't. You don't have to bow. <laughs> Jenny Black, that wouldn't hurt. <gasps> okay, okay. Kill you? So I'm glad. Would that kill you? No. Uh, Cross I don't know. I guess you know. Our father would have told us it would kill us. <laughs> our father told us, "You only have one father, and it's me." <laughs> that, that was his take on. That was his take on Catholicism. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he shouldn't have had me take Latin if he if he didn't want me to embrace Catholicism. So that'll oh, really? a little blow back there. We'll blow okay. back on the old man. Here, speaking we of Pop, show. Here, we got a show. Here, here's the way Pop would introduce you. Okay, you ready? I said, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Here he is. He walks. He talks. He crawls on his belly like a reptile for one thin dime, one-tenth of a dollar. Here he is, Daredevil Daniels. <laughs> That's you, John. Thank you. Dear old yeah. dad. Dear old dad, yeah. Yeah, pop. Yeah. yeah. So, what are you wearing, John? What shirt? I'm wearing the uh, the Bro Show uh, Season of the Ox shirt. Well, this is remarkable because I'm not. I'm Just, wearing the, uh, yeah, I'm wearing the sponsored. I'm wearing the sponsor's T-shirt today. It, you know, I live here, too. It, it's got a wolf looking at you. Not threatening, just kind of like, hey, I live here, too. And all the money from the sale of this wonderful, beautiful T-shirt goes to the Center for Humans in Nature. Wow. And that's a non-profit, non-profit, non-profit. All the profits yeah. go there. <laughs> Buy the freaking T-shirt. You'll be glad you did. It looks good. You get lots of nice comments on it. And on the back, it says where all the money from the sales go. All right? I can handle it. I work there. I know. I'm very you biased. Do. Uh, you are very biased. Tell, that's why I don't want to tell you which way, good or bad. But that's another. That's I can another. say I can say by the T-shirt, it's a good cause. You can't say that. <laughs> I can't because that would I'm that would be, be a conflict of interest. That would be a conflict of interest. You, you you have to accuse yourself when it comes to the pitch for this T-shirt. That's In fact, just gonna, I said that. You know that. what I would have to do? Jenny, I have to bill that hour. <laughs> <laughs> do you round up? Do you round up? Yes, yeah, definitely do it. I mean. I, wow. I, yeah, I do round up, and of course, you know, lawyers—they—they they have a heavy—they have a heavy uh, hand when they round up. But I'm not mm. that bad, okay? No, I round on the quarter hour myself. It's good. You round on the hour or a quarter hour or half hour? Uh, I just kind of uh, do a, a follow through. Okay, that 15 minutes, I'll latch on to the next 45. I'll do. Okay, all right. Well, that's interesting. You do the <laughs> augmentation method. 
You can, cat, you can catenate your oh, time. Oh shit! Let's like, yeah, we're boring, boring, boring time sheet. Okay, bad, all right, bad, all right, bad. All right, all right, all right, all right. Take it easy. Let's have. What do you say we have an ox story? Yeah, powerful, impactful, timeless. Uh, we're going to be talking about a movie which um, I remember, and it's uh, about it a little bit about it. I don't even know if before this week I've even seen the whole movie. It's oh, called wait a the Ox. Really? What's it called? Oxbow Incident. Ox so this is our Ox story. Yes. Okay. And it comes and it and actually the word Oxbow is not really the heart of the, the story. It's more the physical lo- location or the geographical location describing it as a U-shaped bow that is typically the wooden piece that's put under the a uh, an ox that's a team of ox. Yeah, it's like yeah, it goes yoke. underneath the yoke. So the setting for this movie happens to be a valley, which maybe at one time was a lake, which would, before that might have been a meandering river that dry, well was dry. So yeah. that's it in terms of the. So don't get too terribly excited about the the, the title of the movie. It's just a okay, geographic location. It's a pretty good movie, though. <clears throat> yeah. So just the facts <clears throat> at this point. What we've got is we got a 1943 movie. Uh, the big stars in it are Dana Andrews and Henry Fonda. It's commonly referred to as a Western film war. Uh, it's, it's got a dark aspect to it, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it's, I guess, what we've got to be very, we've got to dance around a little bit here in terms of spoiler alerts, but I don't think you can afford them. It's a movie that basically talks about mob violence. Yes. And <clears throat> that's the theme of it. But what I found interesting about the movie, it's got a bunch of un- underlying themes that, that quite often go by the wayside. So uh, this movie, with respect to reception, was voted the uh, was actually nominated for Best Picture. It's the only nomination it got in the Academy Awards. It got pretty good critic reviews, but there was a strong minority that really kind of blasted this movie because it's so serious. And the timing of it was not real good because it was at a point in 1943 where we wanted to basically rally the troops, get behind something, and go forward and be positive about it. And here is a situation where we round up the troops, we do something negative, and let's try to forget it. Yeah, it's it's got a devastating ending, that's for sure. <laughs> and the other thing is that I, I I think the spoiler lies in the fact that you just said that what you said the tease is that the the spoiler lies in the impactful ending. Yeah, I mean the whole thing is God leaves you numb. And yeah. so it's western. It's it's uh, Nevada in 1895. It's based upon a novel in 1940. I would also say with respect to its critical reception that it's Henry Fonda considered the the movie that he's most proud of making. Wow. Clint Eastwood says it's his favorite movie. Really? Yes. Wow, I did not know that. Well, it was in the wiki, so it wasn't hard to find. Uh, So with that. I I just have uh, maybe you could give a little bit of read on it. Then I'll kind of give a a little bit of a, a nuance that I see in the movie that I thought was fascinating. So I I was struck by uh, of course it's 1943 and you know we're we're out of the uh, silent movie era, but you know the technology and the uh, set production and all the things that now are pretty much taken for granted in movies did not exist then, uh, and so you'll you'll hear echoes on the set. Uh, 
you know, for instance, now when they do a, a kind of a stagecoach scene with a bunch of horses chasing it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you don't know this, but they uh, they take finely sprayed water and put it all over the ground so there isn't too much dust so you can see the actors. They didn't do that back then. So when when a bunch of guys are riding on horses and stuff like that, you can barely see them. The dust is thick, you know. So there's authenticity in this movie that you cannot find today. You will not find today. So I. It's interesting. Uh, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, uh, you're usually the guy who comes up with all the deets about the production and all that. I was fascinated by the production, even more than the acting. And uh, it was wonderful to see Harry Morgan, then known as Henry Morgan, who was a big That's deal good. in MASH. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Great character actor. Uh, it, you know, yeah. it, this is a, a, an example of where the character as, actor gets his uh, moment to shine. He's actually, I would call, a, a pretty strong supporting role. So that's yeah. good. So if you like Harry, if you, if you like Nash and you want to see the younger Harry Morgan, this is an opportunity. I'd only add to the production part of this is that as much as the movie is got action in in it, there most of this movie was made in a stage production. Um, with all, and, and so as a result, if you want to talk about cutting corners, they were they had to deal with rationing in terms of the set. And quite often, what they do is they use a set. And they break it down and redo it, uh, make it, and then uh, use it again. Um, yeah. Not so. It was more in terms of later in the movie, not at the beginning. <clears throat> the mm. let me just give you my one take on. Um, okay. Excuse me. My one at piece on it is there is a there's a significant significant understory in terms of race in this movie. Yeah. Um, one uh, and I think the most interesting piece about it is that there is this dramatic uh, difference in terms of two Hispanics in the movie. One played by Anthony Quinn, the other one mm. played by a fellow named Chris Ten Martin, who later plays Pancho in the movies, uh, not the TV series, but in the movie series of uh, Cisco Kid. Wow! And you and if you take a look at Anthony Quinn, who everybody assumes. Who's there? The mob assumes because he's going to he's victimized by this whole situation. Wrong place, yeah. wrong time, all that. Yeah. He is probably the most literate person of everybody in the movie, and he's Hispanic. Right. Well, he's more than that, Hispanic. He speaks a bunch of languages and all kinds of stuff. Well, he was a very interesting that's character. The, that, that's the literal. That's the literal yeah. part, and you get to see that against the stereotyped uh, broken English person played by Chris. Ten Martin. So I found that to be very good. The other thing is there is one black in the movie. Yeah. Yes. The person play doesn't play the stereotype role of the of the 40s black, but plays the minister, who yeah. is is really has is a small role. You, you don't even get the sense he's black. I thought he might have just been had a you know been out in the sun too much. Uh, it was right. Hard to tell he was black. And then yeah. you, then what he does is, is his whole thing with respect to the movie, although short, it's very foreboding. Yeah. Um, it, it's very, it, it's, it's a rare, very interesting. And I'll just let you know that the fella who played, uh, his name was, um, Whipper was his last, was his last name. I'm having trouble reading my notes. Uh, but okay. Leo Whipper, uh, it was his name. And he was the first member of the Actors' Equity Black, uh, actor to, in 1915. So wow. he, uh, he lived to really? the age of 99. He, you're only going to find him in probably a dozen movies because most of his acting career was on the stage. 
So those are the, the little pieces of kind of trivia that I usually cite, and you did a good job with that production. I like that. The cinematography, I thought, for a black and white movie was pretty good, too. Yes, it was. It, it was excellent. And if you want to see uh, Henry Fonda as a very young man, this is a good spot to see him. Yeah. So if you're if this if you have to have like a movie that needs to be inspirational at the end of it, you're going to stand up and say, yeah, don't watch this, this is, movie. This isn't it. This isn't this it. Is In fact, it. no, we had to watch Invictus after this. I, my wife got pretty upset with me. Your brother. Yeah, well, she had actually, words let's for tell you. Her. She got upset with me and I'm glad I could take the heat for you. Really? Is that it? Yeah, I'm going to stick with that. I mean, I'd like to think that I did something for you. Very good. Okay, you took well, a you hit were from able me. To basically, put me under the bus like you did. Um, I, I, I didn't have to do it. anything. I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> I just sat there. <laughs> I just sat there, and she just started swearing at you, and you weren't even yeah. there. Yeah, I did. Good. I, I did defend I, you. I defended you. Oh, that's good. Okay, I think it, it, yeah. the end result is we. I, I'm. It's we got an ox story. We have an ox story and a powerful one at that. How about a word? All right, the word is cosset, C-O-S-S-E-T. It's pronounced with the emphasis on the first syllable. I mean, the emphasis on the first syllable. Sorry. Cosset. What does it mean? To treat as a pet, to pamper, to coddle. This is the way John treats his baseball cards. Is that right, John? My baseball cards, and it's also, I seem to gravitate towards mascots, Yes, and you I do. think there's an element there, particularly in the early ages stages of, of, of mascot history. Mascots were kind of looked at as, as pets, so I, I kind of yeah, I, I feel good about this word. Okay, and now let me give you an example, <clears throat> a sentence. Having been cosseted during the entirety of his childhood, Carl found boarding school deeply shocking. Mm. Yeah, this is from a book about uh, boarding schools and rugby. Called the hooker, and hookers a uh, hooker is a <coughs> position played by the forward during a scrum. Oh rats! I think I'd probably pick up that book, start looking at it, and be very disappointed. Mm. I oh. think you would. Yeah, <laughs> I think you would. I don't. I don't read healthy books. That's for sure. No. Yeah, you want to? No. Yeah, it's it's okay. I mean, uh, I, I respect your your reading your life your uh, your book interest. Hmm. Yeah, my dysphoric uh, reading habits. <laughs> Shall we oh. leave it at that? Shall we leave it at that? Yeah, I, I think it's a good word, and I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to be able to use it, but when it comes up, I'll know what it means. Yeah, if you don't want to say you live in a bubble, you can say, you have been cosseted, my friend. You're a spoiled brat. You've been cosseted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pampered. Treated like a pet. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for two takes, John, or should should we, uh, you know... Hyperventilate or something first. Okay, all right. Oh, I, I I took a deep breath, so I'm ready. All right, all right, all right. The two takes segment of the show. Uh, this is a time time when you would say brought to you by. No, I'm not going to say that. Okay. This this one is called a band aid on your sanity, and uh, this <laughs> this is like 100 percent, almost 100 percent personal experience on the part of John and myself. It's how we get through. This situation with the pandemic on a day by day basis, wouldn't you say? Yes. That? Yeah, I think that's it's really good. I mean, this is something we're all living through, so we're not going to be experts on what to do, but we can at least uh, 
relate some of the things that we do that we feel are helpful that allow us to live, you know, day by day as we are challenged to the ultimate, you know? Yeah. Hey, John, pull your, pull your cap up a little bit. Your, your voice goes out a little bit every once in a while. It's because I'm moving. That's what you got to tell me. Stop okay. moving, you ding dong. Stop moving, you ding bat. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. That's it. I, that's All right, that's your intro to the segment. Okay, well, I'll, I'll say a few words. Uh, so what do you do? How do you get through these days where your scenery is the same every day, more or less? Uh, your habits are the same. Uh, you know, you're, you know, I, we were talking last night, Mary Jane and I, and I said, can you believe I'm doing a show again tomorrow? She says, it seems like you just did it two days ago. And you have this feeling of time is all screwed up. Sometimes it just ticks by second by second. And sometimes it's all gone in a day. A week has passed. And you don't know. You get confusimicated. So what I do is I get my inspiration from the film, What About Bob? Very good. I'm glad you mentioned the movie. I think that's important that everybody gets grounded as to our the background as to where we came up with this. Yeah. What About Bob is a great movie. It's a Bill Murray, Richard Dreyfus movie. And uh, it's about a psychiatrist and his patient. Bill Murray is the patient. The philosophy that Richard Dreyfus, the psychiatrist, promotes is baby steps. You're overwhelmed by a problem. Break it down into much smaller, easy-to-remedy problems. Baby step your way through your problems. Yes. And we kind of wait. I, and that's my credo. I kind of baby step through these things. I don't try to take on the enormity of what's happening to us, the whole world, during a pandemic. Instead, I break it down to what can I do this morning where I will be successful? Something very small. So I get a foothold right. on the day. And that's how baby step, mm. baby step. So I won't go through my personal habits in the morning. Many people find them objectionable. Really? Be, Probably your yeah. wife is at the top of that list. No, she's very tolerant of my habits. Oh, that's. I was talking about you. I was talking about you. Oh, you, I don't. I use you. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, but I, I, I have a thought process. of it, but I, I find I it distasteful. You're right. Yeah. At 7.30 every morning except Sunday, you and I talk on the phone, prepare, or actually do the show. So what do I do before 7.30 so that I can be alert and productive for the show? Because it's all about the show, right? Everything's about the show. And if it isn't about the show, it's about me, and I'm the show, so it's the same. Go ahead. (laughs) That's right, Daredevil Daniels. One-tenth of a dollar, one-tenth so, yeah, that, that's what I do. I have four things I do. You know, I, I get up, you know, and a little thing, too. It can be a little thing. I sit up and I put on my glasses. It's that simple. <sighs> Something really simple. And guess what? I succeed every time I do it. That's baby stepping. From there, it gets a little more complex. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you break it down. Pretty far. You're 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 a fine baby stepper. <laughs> yeah, and you know people think, well, oh, I put on glasses. Big deal. Big deal. It is a big deal. Where did I put them? Where are they? And you know what? The most the challenge is, if what? you don't have your glasses on, you can't see them. Well, that's another problem. So what I do is before I go to bed, I put them in the exact same spot every time. 
I can find them in the dark because I know where they are. Taking all the fun out of baby stepping. Not really. <laughs> hey, you know, all, all kidding aside, some of this is just plain survival. I mean, and people have been da- baby stepping for a long time. You know, everybody's heard of uh, AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, in the 12-step program. That yes. is just a teased-out version, a structured version of baby stepping. What's the problem? I can't stop drinking. I'm destroying my family. Okay. Don't worry about a thing. Here's a book. It's got 12 steps. Follow the steps. Work the steps, and you will get through the day. So That's familiar. This, this baby stepping isn't new stuff. No. And actually, really. it's kind of intuitive. I think we all kind of gravitate towards wanting to make our lives simple, and the way to make them more simple is to break it down into the baby steps. Now, what do you do, John? What's your daily thing like? Well, I have another read on this, and I have a word I use called chronic production. Now, I have added a definition to it because, you see, chronic production with its current um, Webster definition is very negative. Chronic production is waste. Chronic production is a... Is sort of like chronic production would also be sort of a natural output. So spent would be a natural, would be chronic production. Uh, a bad chronic production bodily function would be coughing, cough. If you have a cough, oh, that's chronic production. Uh, good. But I thought the phlegm, I thought the phlegm you the cough phlegm. up was you the production. The phlegm, exactly, that's it, that's the chronic production. Oh, wow. Is, that's it, exactly, that's the word for it, that's the byproduct. So what do I do? I take this word, chronic production, I try to give it a positive spin. And it's the same way you do it. I take a look at it and say, uh, well, maybe there's something, i got to keep track of what I do, and maybe there's something I've done which is very productive. So, for example, the other day, um, we were having, I was challenged by the fact that I, you know, have to wear this cap, which I was told by the producer to take off and not move around. Because I was having trouble with my ear, my earbuds. I was putting them in yeah. and flip out. And then all right. of a sudden, you said, "Well, what about the other, the, the other, the larger ones or the smaller ones?" I said, "What are you talking about?" He says, "Duh, idiot! Don't you know when you bought them, you got three sets of ear, of ear tips with your earbuds, AirPods?" And I said, "No, I didn't." And what I did is I got them out and I did two very, very chronic production things. I was able to remove one set of the ear tips and put the new ones on, did it early in the morning, and I was done with my production for the day. You had a success early in the day. That's good. Yes, it was. Okay, so uh, that's that's an example, but I think you've already hit on probably the, the, the biggest chronic production is the show. I mean, the yeah. show is just not – the chronic production doesn't lie in us, you know, getting up on Saturday morning and doing the show. The, the chronic production no. lies in the, the, the work we do, which I don't really consider work, uh, getting the show together, coming up with topics, discussing them, bouncing them off each other, you know, with a little, uh, little you know, friction here and there to make it interesting. So yeah. that, that's, I think, uh, probably – the, the best thing. I also think that one thing I like to do is look at what you like to do and embrace it. So I happen to enjoy baseball, so I'm trying to dig deeper into my interest in baseball. And so that's what those are some examples. And of course, with the season just starting, I get a chance to watch, listen, and 
sort my baseball cards all out at the same time. How many baseball cards are we talking about, John? I'm only, I've got in my backlog of sorting, I've got about 12,000 to work on, and I'm about 20% done with it. Wow. And what do you do? You put them in alphabetical order? Put them in alphabetical order and then interfile them with my cards, which I've got about 50,000, 50 or 60,000 cards. So maybe a little bit more than that. Wow. Wow. It's all, so I have a, I, I look at it as an informational database that I can touch. Tactile. I, I like tactile. Tactile. That's, tactile. That's important. Yeah. How do you feel personally about these cards, John? Hey, look, I think they deserve a home with other cards, cards that they can relate to. So what I like if they're to, by themselves, they'll get lonely, won't they? They will. And I don't like to keep them in sets because quite often they're not with, you know, necessarily the, the other cards are just kind of to random. I'd like to feel that they, they that what you do is, for example, they're alphabetical. So if there's two brothers that have played in baseball, they're pretty close together. Oh. They stay together. I think these, this is important. Wow, I like that. I like that sentiment. Since I'm your brother. Okay. Yep. I, do you think we need a couple groaners to seal it off with? Yeah. I've got a couple of groaners. These groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder. Junior, commonly referred to as the coach, and I want Saint to let you know Saint Vincent. Saint Vincent, as we've just anointed him, uh, and I wish, just want to let you know that Vince gave me three groaners this last week, and I was able to come up with one good one. So I had to call upon my living lady friend. Can't mention her name. I uh, can. Alexa. Alexa is her name. <laughs> so she came through in the clutch. So I feel real good about. It. Here they are. What animal won't share? His place in the shrubbery. What, what animal won't share his place in the shrubbery? I don't know, John. A hedgehog. You know, it was on the tip of my tongue. I almost said it right after I said I don't know. I thought oh, about sure. That's what, what lives. Gonna, you know what? I'm going to take you. Give you. I'm going to give you half credit based on the honor system. I actually had a pet hedgehog. Wow. An African pygmy hedgehog. They're only about like four inches in diameter. Very interesting and weird animals. You know, they don't have any any creases in their brain, John. Ooh. Yeah. They're very primitive. They're amazing. Yeah. 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 They like to lick, too. It's a little weird. That's actually foreplay for a hedgehog. So once he starts licking you, you want to pull your hand (laughs) away. (laughs) Licking can be foreplay for a lot of things. A lot of people, whatever. Oh, I never thought of that. Okay, yeah, okay. good point. Good point, John. What All right. do you call a cat that is both housebroken and well-read? What do you call a cat that is both housebroken and well-read? It's a literate cat? A litter cat? Yeah, you got it! Literate! Oh... Oh, I, got, I just came up with that this morning, and I was Did you really? the words. Yeah, well, uh, with the help of my living lady friend. Uh, okay, yeah, well, that's very good. Very and in addition yeah. to the fact, I have another responsibility. Uh, you, you might think that these groaners are just part only. They 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 sort of begin and end on our show. But I also have another. My client calls upon me. Part of my responsibility is to come up with a groaner every week for a staff meeting. I did and not I know to, that. In addition to the fact they're humans in nature, so I got to come up with something. I find that the animal ones are better 
are they're, they're well received compared to uh, sports ones. Don't ever I can't use sports ones so. So oh. that's the reason I'm going to use this cat one, and I'm going to wordsmith a little bit better, because what I did is you were looking for a noun for the word, and I need to come up with wording that will lead you to an adjective. Okay, so, all right. Well, you work on that, and I want a full report on the next show, how that went, and see if they you know, responded. I can't wait to, for the show to end so I can start working on it. <laughs>